High Praise Podcast. Hey everybody, this is Pastor Garrett, Youth Pastor at High Praise Panama City. I want to thank you for downloading today's podcast. No matter if you just missed a service or if you happen to stumble across our show, we believe and we pray that God is going to bless you through today's episode. So open up your hearts, receive what God has in store for you. All right, so last week, uh, last week we kicked off Be Real. Um, has Be Real gone off today? Yeah, yeah I think it has. Um, so be real. And so last week we talked about what it, meant, what it means to be real with the Lord. Uh, tonight we're going to talk about what it means to be real with ourselves. So everyone say to yourself, I'm talking to you. It's improper English. Say, I'm talking to me. Okay, look at your neighbor and say, I'm not talking to you. Good job. So tonight is all about you and you. It's me, myself, and I tonight. Um, Everything about this message is not directed at somebody else. It's directed at you. See, a lot of times, uh, Christians, we can have this habit. You don't have to admit it. You don't have to raise your hand. But we can have this habit of attending a church service, sitting and listening to a message, and be like, man, I wish my friend was here. Because this is is them. They need to hear that. Anyone ever done that? Yeah, I told you not to admit it, but you did. Tonight, everything that I have to say, it's not for your neighbor, it's not for your friend, it's not for your mama, it ain't for your coach. It is for you. I will need everyone here, I've already said this a hundred times tonight, but I need you to be real and I need you to be authentic, okay? Because tonight's message doesn't work and it won't work and it won't really be applicable to your life if you're not honest with yourself, all right? Cool? Y'all ready? Let's do it. Anyone ever seen Thumbelina? Okay, if you know what Thumbelina is, raise your hand. She's a fairy. She's actually not a fairy. If you've seen the 1994 original Thumbelina, raise your hand. Very good. Very good. Good to know. If you were born in, before 1994, raise your hand. None of you. You're all liars. Me, Travis, and Becca. And Kate, not Caitlin. CJ, what year were you born? Dang it, I thought CJ was my age. Me too, CJ. Anyway. (laughs) Anyway, for those of you that have seen seen Thumbelina, and those of you who have not, you're going to get a little story time, and I'll, I'll get somewhere with this, so just hold on. So... Just a short few years ago, a movie came out called Thumbelina. And in this movie, a flower gives birth. Just don't ask questions, okay? (laughs) Just don't ask questions. A flower gives birth to a girl, a human girl. Just, I said, don't ask questions. Okay? And this girl is born, and she's, listen, it's story time, so you're going to pay attention. She is born like and she's like two inches right because she was born from a flower and she has this internal struggle that she will never find true love because she's two inches tall and she's a human being she lives amongst the flowers and the bugs and the bugs talk to her you know it's kind of like Alice in Wonderland a little little bit kind of rip off here and in this movie she finally founds true love through a man named Prince Cornelius and Prince Cornelius is the prince of the fairies his wings and he flies and the two fall madly madly in love 
Prince Cornelius and Thumbelina have plans to spend the rest of their life together, and Thumbelina gets kidnapped. Yeah. By. Shh. Stop it. She gets kidnapped by Mrs. Toad, the evil Mrs. Toad. I'm not making this up. I'm not making this up at all. It's this really ugly female frog who had like really big red lips and like had like lipstick on all the time. And so anyway, Thumbelina, the the plot of the movie is Thumbelina escaping the evil Mrs. Toad to get back to Prince Cornelius so they can spend the rest of their life together. But the whole point of me telling you this story is this right here. In the recent past, there was a song that came from this movie and it kind of spurred on this whole like movement. I'm going to read you some of the lyrics from this song. This is as Thumbelina has escaped Mrs. Toad and she's on her way back to Prince Cornelius. And the song goes like this. You're sure to do impossible things if you follow your heart. Your dreams will fly on magical wings when you follow your heart. If you have to journey far, here's a little trick. You don't need a guiding star. Trust your ticker. Get there quicker. You're sure to do impossible things if you follow your heart. And this is the dumbest thing of all time. This right here has ruined people's lives. I could not disagree with the, I think it's, his name is, um, oh my gosh, what's the Beatles name? I think his name is like Berkeley or Buxley or something. The, the Beatle guy sings this song to her and basically teaches Thumbelina that if she'll just follow her heart, she'll make her way back to Prince Cornelius, and all she has to do is listen to her heart. This is wrong in every single essence of the word. But this is what I, this is the same issue that most Gen Z, most of you in this room, your generation struggles so badly with, is we think that our, whatever we feel is our reality. And we have fallen into this trap that is whatever my emotions say must be truth. And this is, this cannot be further from the truth. And so tonight, as we examine our hearts, as we examine some of the scriptures and we talk about uh, what it means to be real with ourselves, I need you guys to understand when I'm talking about being real with yourself, I'm not talking about being one with your emotions. Okay. A lot of times when we talk about this subject, I think a lot of people that take it as like, I just need to be more in touch with, with my, my feelings. I need to be more in touch with what I want. I need to be more in touch with what my heart is saying who I am. This is not the message you are going to get tonight. In fact, it's almost the complete opposite. So just like last week, uh, we're going to start off in Jeremiah. Uh, Jamie, you can throw that text up there. See, I can see Jamie. I know you're back there. Uh, I can see your head. We're going to be in Jeremiah 17, verses 7 through 9. Oh, there you go. Uh, So here, we'll read it together. Blessed. Come on. Thank you. Gold star. Ultra points. Heaven points to you. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots. By the, by the stream, and does not fear, does not fear. When, heat when heat comes, for it le- for its leaves remain, for its leaves remain. Green. green, 
And it's not anxious, and it's not anxious in, the year of drought, in the year of drought, for it does not cease, does not cease to, bear fruit. to bear fruit. The heart is deceitful, above all things, and desperately sick. Who can understand it? Everyone who completed that, I'll put in a good word with you, with God. This passage is a word that the Lord speaks to Jeremiah, that Jeremiah is then to speak to the Israelites. And so I talked a little bit, just a little bit about this last week, how Jeremiah was chosen by God, he was called by God, and he had to, he had to pretty much present a, a rather harsh word from the Lord to the people, because the people of God at this time had completely rebelled against the Lord. They had broken covenant with God. And so he, he, he starts off this path. Well, it's, it's in the, we throw it back up there, Jamie. Just leave it up there for just a second because I'm going to kind of dissect some of this. So he, he starts off, and this is, so please understand, this is God talking through Jeremiah. This is a word the Lord speaks to Jeremiah. Jeremiah then speaks it to the people. Blessed is a man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when the heat comes, for its leaves remain green and is not anxious in the year of drought. So what he's saying is those of us that trust in God are not affected by the rain. He's saying trees, get the metaphor here. It's a tree that is planted by a stream of water whose water never stops running, which means no matter if there's a drought, it still has water. If there's excessive heat, it still has access to water. Trees that are by lakes and ponds and streams are always green. They always bear fruit. They're always in season because they always have access to water. So is like a person whose trust is in the Lord. You, you understand the metaphor that, that's being made here? Yes. Okay, wonderful. So he, he continues on. I don't think I read that last part. For it does not cease to bear fruit. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Your heart is deceitful. It doesn't say your heart is, is, is bad. It says your heart is deceitful. When something is deceitful, it means that it is lying. That it means if I were to deceive you, y'all remember the night we played, um, um, there, there it was, Secret Ninja. And the whole game is, is pretty much based upon who can deceive who. It's a, it's a game of deception. And in, this, in that game, everyone has one goal, to deceive everybody else. And to, to achieve deception, you have to be fake. Correct? Whoa, shots fired. I don't think he's in here. Well, I'm a, he'll listen to the podcast. <laughs> but to be deceitful, you have to be fake. You have to be. So for me to deceive, if I'm trying to deceive somebody into believing something that's not true, not only am I lying, but I'm also manipulating. And I'm becoming something false to, and hope to bear so that they will believe a lie, right? So he says, the heart is deceitful and desperately sick. Most of the time we don't mention this whenever we quote this verse. It's usually just above all things, the heart is deceitful. God says that our hearts are desperately sick. Desperately sick, meaning that it's longing and doing everything it can to find something to cure it desperately sick. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart and test the mind to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his deeds. 
I need you to understand something. When I say your heart is deceitful and I say that your heart is sick, it's not because I'm a pastor and I mean, it's not because I just don't want you to like your feelings. It's because this is, this is the, sorry, this is the message that we are given by God. I'm not calling you sick and nasty and, and an awful person, but as a culture and as a generation, we have swung so far. It used to be like the church was way too harsh. And in past generations, the church and pastors and Christians, particularly in this country, we were way too harsh. We were mean. And we were picketing things and telling people they were always going to hell. And that was the message. And it was like, get right with God or burn in hell. But now the pendulum in our generation has swung so far back the other way. We're like, hey, you just be whoever you want to be and do whatever you want to do. God still loves you. You'll probably get into heaven. Just come to church and fill our seats and you can do whatever the heck you want. And neither one of them are good. But what, what has got to happen in your generation, and hear me, I'm not saying, I'm, the goal is not to swing back the other way. The goal is to stand on, on what scripture says and what God says about us. But where, where we stand now is we have a generation that so opposes the fact that we are sinful. We are getting to the point where your generation doesn't even like to be told that they are sinners in need of a savior. We like to be told that, hey, we have something that can enhance your life. We have something that can make your life better. And by attending our church, your life will be better and you'll be highly blessed and favored and run over. You get what I'm saying? And so the gospel is slowly becoming more of a self-help book and a get rich quick and a be blessed fast instead of you are, you are corrupt in your nature and you are in need of a savior. That savior is Jesus. That savior has already made the way for you. He has died for you and risen again thousands of years ago and he loves you and has pursued you to this very moment. And when you step into life with him, you become a new creation. You, you die with him on the cross. You crucify your flesh and you become more like Jesus every day. That's the gospel. That's where we have got to start to stand. But we won't get there. And I need, I want to see your generation get there. But we have got to be real with what's going on inside of us. We have got to be honest. You have got to be honest with yourself. I can't be honest, like I kind of hit on this a little bit last week. A lot of times we want people to come to us and give us a diagnosis. Like here, this is exactly what's wrong with you. Do this, get it fixed. And we want, we want spiritual doctors. You get what I'm saying? They would much rather have a pastor or a leader come and say, hey, I see your heart. I know, I know what's wrong with you. And you need, to, you need to get right and blah, 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 blah. And that's what we want to happen. It says, I, the Lord, search the heart and test the mind. I, Pastor Garrett J. Moreland, cannot search your heart. I can't test your mind. I cannot see who you are when no one's looking. I don't know your character. I don't know the, I don't know the, the thoughts you have laying on your pillow at night. I don't know the things you're tempted with. I don't know how you respond to peer pressure when we're not around. Do you understand what I'm saying? I don't know these things. Now we've, Last week, we, hit, all, we have hit heavily on this. God knows these things. He sees all these things. And he searches your heart and he tests your mind. And so we've already established that God sees the heart, tests the mind, knows everything about us, 
sees everything. And we've established that we need to be real with God because those things, those things are happening in our life. The next step forward, and again, if you didn't, if you didn't get that right last week, this week is going to be difficult. So assuming we all got right, we were all real with God and we're honest with God last week, now it's time to be honest with ourselves. And it's time for us to be honest with ourselves about the help we actually need in our life. It's time we're honest about with what's going on when none of us are actually looking. I've already established this. You're going to have to be real with yourself. Next week, we're going to talk about the importance of being real with others. But right now, if you cannot establish at least accepting who you are and figuring out who you are, how are you ever going to be real with other people? Your generation. Thank you, Maddie. Your generation is so desperate to be known by other people. Like, there's probably never been a generation who's, who so strongly desired to have a following, to be influencers, to, for people to like and acknowledge and affirm who we are. The problem is, we don't actually know who we are. And we just try different versions of ourselves to see what is going to be accepted and what's going to gain the most acceptance. You get what I'm saying? And middle schoolers, I'm going to talk to you for just a moment. Most of the time this happens in middle school. We start to realize, oh, I, I need to figure out where I belong. And so through this process of trying to find where we belong, we start, we start becoming different people. And we'll, we'll become this person, see, see how people respond, see if we get friends from this. And we will do this year after year after year through different phases, try different sports, be in different clubs, join band, do this, try this friend group. And if that doesn't work, then we're eventually, maybe I should just... And we will do anything we can to find acceptance, to find belonging, to find something to make us feel wanted. You get what I'm saying? Can I get a leader to go sit on that side of the room for me? Is that okay? Can I get a female leader to go sit over there? Thank you. And so what is happening is we are so desperate to find this place where we can be like, oh, I'm loved now. I'm accepted now. I'm, I'm, these people like me. They want me. They want me to be a part of all of these things. And it doesn't even matter if we like that person as long as somebody else likes that person. You get what I'm saying? We cannot become this people as Christians if that's who we are as Christians. And hear me, for some of you, that might be what Christianity is for you. I've done this long enough, and I've had kids in youth groups who I can look back now man, and say, man, we were the same. We were just like what band is for some kids. We were, we were what football was for some kids. We were what, you know, whatever cheerleading was, volleyball was. We, are, we were the club that got them through high school where they had friends, they felt belonging but the moment they, they graduated, they, they found the next place where they could belong. I don't, that, that cannot be Christianity for you. And if that is Christianity for you, and hear me, ain't nobody going to know but you. Be real with yourself tonight. And let's move past, man, I have faith and I go to youth group because I have friends and I feel loved and all those other things. But is it real? Is it, is it because you and Jesus have, have a relationship? Is it because your faith is in Jesus? Or is it simply because... It gives you friends, it gives you a social hour, it gives you a place to belong. 
And hear me, I want you to feel, that I, don't want, I want you to feel like you belong here. I want you to feel loved here. I want all those things to be a part of it, but I don't want you to be rooted and grounded in your faith because you feel like you have found a place of acceptance within the church. Because then it takes one thing to get butt hurt, or sorry, I shouldn't say that, but it takes your feelings get hurt by something that happens in the church, and man, your faith is, is, is gone quicker than anything else. Well, I'm, I'm done, I'm done with God. God's not, the church did this and blah, blah, blah. Half the people that complain about how much the church has hurt them never actually had a relationship with Jesus, had a relationship with the church. That's why they're so upset that the church hurt them. Amen. That's a, but anyway, and it happens mostly in your generation. No generation has deconstructed and gotten mad at the church more than your generation. And I'm afraid I'm starting to figure a little bit of it out because the relationship and the grounding is in the church and is not in Jesus. It's in the youth group and not in Jesus. It's in a youth pastor or a youth leader and it's not in Jesus. And then when the youth pastor changes, the, the youth leader changes, someone in the church upsets you. Done. Gone. Or we go to college, we go, we go to Tallahassee, we go somewhere else and we found acceptance and love somewhere else. This must be God now. Right. And it changes so quickly. Then you get married and you find it in a spouse. And then you start a job and you do whatever happened to the job. We cannot be so wishy-washy to just conform to what's around us. We can't do that. And no Christian can say that you belong to Jesus, but also conform to your surroundings. That, those two cannot exist. I need, I need that to be confronted in your life tonight. You cannot say that you belong to Jesus. I want more of you, God. Yesterday's fire won't do, and all this stuff... But then, depending on what's happening at school and your work and home, that's how you act. If other people dictate who you are, you do not belong to Christ. Period. If you are so easily moved and affected by your surroundings, it's time that you be real with yourself and genuinely ask, is your faith in Jesus or do you just belong to a youth group? If, if, if your youth group fell apart, if everything, if the door shut tomorrow, if all the youth, myself and all the youth leaders weren't here, if another pandemic hit, if another Cat 5 hurricane hit, and we couldn't do this anymore, and everything went away, what's left standing? What, how you spent your Wednesday nights, or is your faith in Jesus standing? Do you understand what I'm trying to confront in you tonight? I want you to be real with yourself, not because I'm just trying to be mean or be the bully, because I want this to last longer than your graduation night. Right. I love graduation season, but graduation season is somewhat depressing as a, as a pastor because it's almost like a funeral. Graduations are almost funerals when you're in youth ministry. It's almost like, man, you did great. I don't know if I'm ever going to see you again. I love you. It's sad. It hurts. And that's why we've got to have these conversations. Because if your, your holiness, your righteousness, your faith is rooted in belonging in this room and not belonging to Jesus, it's not going to last. And no matter what, the only thing I care about is your faith lasting through the ups and the downs of your life. That's what matters most. I know. <laughs> I feel like an old man now saying these things. I've been a youth minister for a decade. I know, <laughs> I know that life gets hard for you guys. I know that seasons are hard. I know that college is hard. I know transitions are hard. I know all the things. 
but I would rather be a group of people who stood on a firm foundation in Jesus and stood on a firm foundation of what Scripture says about us. And then no matter what we're surrounded in or what Christians we're surrounded in or what church building we're surrounded in, that doesn't change. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out the roots by the stream. Does not fear when heat comes, for, it, for its leaves remain green, and is not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. This is exactly what I'm trying to get across to you guys. When your trust is in the Lord, and your trust is the Lord, and you belong to God, it doesn't matter the season. It doesn't matter the surroundings. It doesn't matter the heat. It doesn't matter the church. It doesn't matter who's preaching. It doesn't matter what songs we're singing. It doesn't matter what city we live in. It doesn't matter if we're in high school, college, or the workplace. Our trust is in the Lord, and our trust is the Lord. Do you understand what I'm trying to get across to you? We've got to become like the tree planted by the stream, not the tree that only is willing to receive whenever someone comes and waters us. Because then when the drought comes, when the heat comes, the seasons change, we wither away. Uh, <clears throat> Jamie, throw up uh, Romans for me. Romans 8, 5 through 8. You don't have to repeat this one. It says, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. I want everyone to listen to these words. And you've probably already read them. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Those that are in the flesh cannot please God. Your heart is deceitful and desperately sick. Your spirit that is connected to the Lord is what we have got to begin to grow into and lean on and listen to. It's a very simple concept. It's spirit over flesh in everything. For the rest of your life, if you don't know this now, let me just explain to you. This is what spiritual warfare is, guys. A lot of times like we mention spiritual warfare and it's like you and the demons just... Like that's what we that's what we think. I got my sword of truth and my belt and my shield and the shoes of blah blah blah. Like, and I'm gonna ward off the devil. Spiritual warfare comes and attacks your flesh. It tempts your flesh. It is your spirit then that you have to rely on to combat spiritual warfare. Okay. Spiritual warfare is not one because you are so strong and you are so wise. Spiritual warfare is one, is because your spirit has more power in your life than your flesh does. Meaning when your flesh is tempted, your spirit wants the opposite. When your heart says one thing, your spirit wants the other. Because your enemy tempts your flesh. So be real with yourself, guys. Are we in the flesh or are you in the spirit? Young Christians, are you in the flesh or are you in the spirit? Do you, is it just, well, whatever my heart wants. I could, 
we could talk all night, and I could probably march every youth leader in this room. I could march every youth leader in this room up here tonight. We could all share stories about how dumb, 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 dumb we've been because we have followed our heart. Amen. And because our heart has wanted this, we went after it. We've dated people because our heart said to. We have gone places because our heart said to. We have bought things because our heart and our mind said to. Yes. We have, and, and it's foolishness. So many of you live in cycles because your spirit has not been given the authority to break them. Your flesh has all the power in your life. I had one of my, probably the greatest mentor in my life used to always tell me this. I used to think he was a psychopath. I'm not mentioning his name for that reason. Because he would always say to us, he'd be like, guys, three times a day, I do something I don't want to do. And I was like in college, I'm like, you're crazy. That sounds awful. And he's like, three times a day, I do something I don't want to do. I walk on the treadmill. You know, he would give examples. He'd be like, three times a day, I do something my flesh doesn't want to do. And I'm like, dude, you're crazy. And now I'm like, dude, you're a genius. That is so smart. But the point he was always trying to get across to us was you, you cannot be a slave to what your flesh wants. We cannot be a slave. Like some of us, we walk through the halls and it's like, man, I got a little angry. I'm going to be mean to this guy. I'm a little lonely. I'm going to flirt with this person. I'm a little frustrated. I'm going to take it out on this person. And we, whatever our heart says, whatever our mind says, whatever the emotions say. I found acceptance in this person. I don't care their gender. I'm, I like the acceptance. I'll be bi or whatever. All the, I've never found accepted as a guy or a girl. I'll change. And we will do anything we can to find acceptance and belonging in something that will, that will validate who we are. And as young Christians, if this is how we're living our life, and who Jesus says we are is not enough validation, and we have got to go out into the world, I just read it to you, those are that who are in the flesh cannot please God. That is the definition of being in the flesh. When you live your life as claiming to be a Christian, claiming to belong to Jesus, but, but have given the world the authority in your life to validate you, you're in the flesh. That's what that means. If people have to validate you, if your social groups have to validate you, your teachers and your coaches and your parents have to validate you, even your, your leaders have to validate you for, you to, for that to be who you are, you're in your flesh. You're in your flesh. And those that are in the flesh can't please God. Because you know what's pleasing to God? They say, Jesus, I am who you say I am. I belong solely to you. And until you can get to that place, where the world around you does not have the power to control who you are, you will not please God. Do you get what I'm saying? And I'm not saying this because, I'm literally saying this because Romans 8 says this. Scripture says this. God says this. Sometimes I think we think that, that oh man, that's, that's kind of harsh, Garrett. Like, that makes me, I don't feel too good about myself. That's okay. Because God said it, not me. So I don't feel bad. <laughs> Jesus has got to be your source of life, your source of validation. He's got to be your sense of belonging, not the church, Jesus. What scripture says about you is who you say you are when you're a child of God. Okay? What, what, what Jesus says, your relationship with him, that's what matters most. Not what I have to say, not what any of us in this room have to say. You, we have got to become a tree planted by the water. We've got to become a person 
who trusts in the Lord and whose trust is God. Then, no matter what happens to you in your life, we won't, we won't wither and weigh with the seasons. What happens, what changes? Most of the time, when, when, when tough seasons come in people's life, when bad things happen, when we're tried and we're tested, which there are probably 3,000 scriptures on, it's not to hurt you, it's not to ruin you, it's to, it's to see what's in your heart. That same mentor used to always tell me, tell us, he would say, God's going to bump your cup to see what's in it. And so it's like, the metaphor is you, you have a cup full of water, and sometimes you get bumped. When you get bumped, you spill a little over, and then you see what's in it. And some of you are so frustrated and so angry. Come here, Brooks. Brooks is like one of my favorite people in this room, if you don't know. And I'm using Brooks because I think Brooks is one of the most authentic, genuine Christians in this room. So I can say this, and you're not going to be worried about what I'm about to say. So if Brooks goes through a life, goes through life, and something bad happens, and it bumps Brooks. He can take this. He's stronger than I am. And, and, I, and life hits Brooks, and things start spilling out, and things start coming through his mouth, and, th- and his actions reveal what's inside of him. So when we go through hard seasons, or we go through lonely seasons, tired seasons, droughts, the sun, the heat, all this stuff happens. I'm like, man, why does all this bad stuff keep happening to me? Maybe it's because there's bad things inside of you. Do you get what I'm saying? Because if we live our life in the flesh but claim to be in the spirit and then when the world attacks us and all this flesh and all this worldly stuff comes out of us, we're like, God, what the heck? Well, people in the flesh can't please God. And man, we just go back into this cycle. I'm like, I just feel like I'm going through the same stuff because God's going to keep testing you on the same stuff. Sorry, Brooks, you can, you can take it. It's not baseball, so you don't need your shoulders. And it's like, hey, until the stuff that comes out of you when you get bumped changes, we're just going to keep bumping you. We're just gonna, I'm a, God's just gonna keep, we're just gonna keep bumping you. We're gonna keep hitting until, until it qu- quits coming. You can go sit down now, bro, before I hurt you. You're great. I love you. <clears throat> but until what is coming out of us during those times changes, you think God's just gonna move you on? Like, all right, I'm just tired of this. We're just gonna move on to the next thing. He's gonna keep you there. And then we get mad and we're like, oh, I'm just done with this. God's interested in what's inside of you. He's concerned with what's going on in your heart. He's concerned with the spirit that's in you. But if there's one thing I am very confident in, God doesn't deal with fake. God doesn't deal with counterfeit. He doesn't deal with people who know how to go through the motions, play church, sing the songs, quote the scriptures, sit and do whatever you ought to do. God doesn't, God doesn't pay for things with counterfeit money. You understand what I'm saying? The currency of the kingdom cannot be bought with counterfeit money. And so you want to do things in the kingdom, but you're as fake as a $3 bill, you're going to sit on the sidelines. You're going to sit there and you're going to wait. And you know what take, you know... <laughs> We'll end here, I guess, maybe. I don't know. To go from that ingenuine fake thing to a real thing, you know what scripture says has to happen? You get put through the fire. That's what, that's what Paul says in Corinthians. He says gold is tested through the fire so that only gold can be refined in the fire. The only way to clean gold is through fire. 
So to know that you're real and to know that you're genuine, that you're authentic, what's going to happen? The flames are going to come up in your life a little bit. It's, 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 the, it's the cup bumping. We're going to see. Can, can, you with, can you withstand a little bumping? Can you withstand a little heat? Can you withstand something bad happening? And are you genuine and real on the other side of it? Are you still gold or was it fake? Was it fool's gold? I'm like, well, God, why does this bad stuff keep happening to me? Because you still respond the same way every single time. Why does this keep happening? Why am I still dealing with depression? Why do I still deal with anxiety? God, Lord, why do I still deal with lust? You still deal with lust because lust is still inside of you. You still deal with lust because your heart is deceitful and desperately sick. But you aren't honest enough with yourself to get the solution and the antidote that you so desperately need. You'd rather just pretend that you are because desperately and secretly we know that we kind of like it. We'd rather just deal with struggling a couple times a month than be honest and go through the pain and the shame and admittance that we're sick. I don't want to deal with having to tell somebody. I don't have to deal with talking. I don't have to deal with this. So, you know, I've got it under control just a little bit. Me and my girlfriend only mess up once a month now. I only cuss like once a week. Only when something bad happens, someone makes me mad, do I mess up. So I'm cool with that. And we settle into something short of what God has called us to do because we would rather just be that person. Be honest with yourself. Are you in the flesh or are we in the spirit? And I'm talking about in every aspect of your life. Not in just a few, not in just a couple. I'm not talking about those of you like, well, I'm not good like 95% of the time. Are you in the spirit or are you in the flesh? And I'm not talking about are you in the spirit when you're here in church. That's not what I'm talking about. Not when we're singing a song. Not when you're at the altar. Not when I'm preaching. Are you in the spirit or are you in your flesh? Something, someone bumps you in the hallway. What's the first word that comes out of your mouth? When a teacher yells at you and something happens to you that's not fair, how do you respond? When your cup gets bumped, what comes out? Spirit or flesh? Now stand to your feet. I'm going to pray for you tonight. And simply this, YTH. It's simply this. As you go about your days and you live your life, I need you to be honest with yourself. I need you to be real with yourself. Not just real with like, you know, a leader. I don't need you to just be real down here. And hopefully you've come to a place where you're at least honest with God. And that's a great thing. But if you're being honest with God now, it's time I need you to be honest with yourself. Because you can be honest with God and God can respond and say, here, this is what we do next. But when we get that report and we get that word from the Lord or we get that conviction of the Holy Spirit, how do we respond? How do we respond when God says this is what you are to do, but only you know you've been given that instruction by God? You've got to be real with yourself. Because I can't do it for you. Your leaders can't do it for you. This is the next step in, in your maturing process is you being honest with yourself and saying, I know what I have to do. I'm honest enough with myself and saying, I know what's got to be done. I know the right thing to do. I know I need to have this conversation. I know I need to cut this out of my life. I know I need to find accountability here. Whatever that looks like, you cannot sit back and wait for us to do it for you. Because we'll ne no one will ever be able to be that in your life. Be honest with yourself. You bow your heads, close your eyes. I'm going to pray for you. We'll dismiss. If you need a leader, we've got leaders all over the room. You've got small group leaders you can talk to tonight if you need somebody. 
the Holy Spirit, we come before you, Lord, and I ask that this would just be a time, God, of self-reflection, that this would be a time where we can, uh, not out of fear, Lord, not out of, uh, out of like trying to prove something, because hear me, Lord, I, and I know this, the response that's needed here tonight is not a response that needs to be seen by anybody. To respond to this message is not to be, doesn't have to be seen by a soul. But Lord, may we be honest with ourselves in our times of prayer. May we be real with ourselves. May we be honest enough to say, I need help. And may we at least be honest enough with ourselves to answer this question, how often am, am I in the flesh and how often am I in the spirit? How often, am I only in the spirit whenever the, the, the worship music is on? Am I only in the spirit when church friends are around? Or do I just live in the flesh the other 90% of the time and I step into the spiritual and I step into my spirit whenever I've got to act right and people are watching? Lord, I know that you don't deal with fake. Teach us what it means to be genuine. Show us what it means to be real. Make us like you, Jesus. In your mighty name we pray, amen. Thank you for downloading today's message. Again, we hope that it encouraged you, blessed you, and edified you. If you are a high school, middle school, or even a uh, young adult in the Panama City area, we would love to have you come be a part of our services at High Praise Panama City. Our YTH services are every Wednesday at 7 o'clock. The mix, our pre-service time, starts at 5 o'clock. We would love to have you out. If not, find a way to connect with us on Instagram at hp.yth. We would love to connect with you in some way. And God bless.